It's that time of week, the time you've been waiting for. It's time for Goat Gab, a weekly podcast about all things in the dairy goat industry. Sit back and enjoy an hour or so with your hosts, Laura Warren Hughes and Cameron Jedlowski, as we talk about ideas and topics that matter to the dairy goat world. Hello, Goat Gabbers. We are so glad to have you with us on this episode. We're so excited to have this episode and uh, very much appreciate your patience. We took an extra week off. Um, Life gets busy and we were just so thrilled to uh, have our special guest this week and I'm jumping ahead. So um, again, thank you for joining us. And as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Laura Warren Hughes. And I'm the other co-host, Cameron Jedlowski, and today we are joined by um, a power couple in the Dairy Goat community, uh, Aaron Carter and Megan Treadway Carter. Hi, Aaron and Megan. Hello. Do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves and your farm and your uh, background in the industry? It might be extensive, but I think it's important to get some context here how long you guys have been uh, doing it and how successful you guys have been in the industry as well so um this is megan um we collectively have had um dairy goats for many years i actually met aaron at the national dairy goat show in um harrisburg pennsylvania in 2004 um so i had had goats um since i was 10 years old and how long were you aaron since nine since he was nine Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's how we, um, first met and, um, started dating following the Spokane Washington nationals and were married, um, by the Gillette Wyoming nationals in 2007. Um, and so we've, I've always raised Nubians. Aaron has always had La Manchas. And then, um, after we had our children in 2010, our first daughter was born, um, we got into Nigerians. And so now the herd is predominantly Nigerians um, with some Nubians and one, one sole La Mancha. <laughs> um, so things have kind of changed, but we um, we're kind of adding up the amount of national shows that we have been to, and we've exhibited at 17 national shows and the two of us have judged at three different national shows. Um, so we, we kind of had a, a big run of going to nationals. We've had, um, you know, premier breeder, premier exhibitor, um, a few reserve national champions. Um, and then once our kids were born, it's been a little bit harder to get away. And so we haven't been traveling as much to nationals in years past. But you did make the pilgrimage last year. Um, yes, one of the one of the few from Northern California that came. Um, and you guys had quite an impressive haul from that national show as well. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. It was um, it was not expected, really. We thought... Um, we hadn't been, you know, with COVID and everything, we hadn't been to a show for two years. And we decided that the Kentucky show would be our first show out um, because we needed to get ready for it. We didn't want to stress the goats. And so um, that was the first um, show that we had been to. Most of the goats had never been off the property until that show. Um, all of our younger does that were um, three or younger. Um, so it was quite a a journey for us and getting back in the routine and getting, making sure we had everything packed and everything that we needed to. But um, yeah, it was fine. And then we were going um, because we were super excited about our appraisal score. So we were really excited um, for our Nubians and 
And they decided not to make milk on that day, but our Nigerians did on their day. And that we just threw those threw them in just for fun. And um, and we, we, we kind of joked on the way that we got, we took a few Nigerians, just some stowaways. And, you know, they didn't have much room in the trailer. They were just along for the ride. Um, and then it was pretty exciting to have them, you know, show their stuff and do so well. We brought four Nigerian milkers and four Nigerian juniors with us because um, they were literally just the stowaways. Um, so it was pretty exciting to have them do as well as they did. And so tell us how well they did. You can do that. We want to know. <laughs> well, we, did. Well, we had um, we had several first place. Oh, we had a first place milking yearling and a first place two-year-old um, and reserve national champion senior doe. And then our kids, we had a first place um, intermediate kid, which was our spotlight cell kid um, this last year. And we had a first place senior kid and we had reserve national champion junior kid. And then we had premier breeder and premier sire. And that was with how many Nigerians? Total of eight, four kids and four milkers. I think that is like, that is just amazing. And it shows that, you know, it is quality, not quantity that it takes to do really well at a national show. That's just, that's like, amazing. I think yeah. it was kind of like funny because we, you know, after it was all said and done, I'm like, okay, we need to rethink how many goats we bring. You know, if you can do this with eight goats, like what are we doing bringing us so many of like the Nubians with us? And we're like, we, we need to scale back for all national shows. <laughs> well, and it's not like the Nigerian breed. You know, I mean, there are some breeds that you you could fathom. Okay, eight goats could make a big impact because this is a breed of smaller numbers. You know, we know that there are some breeds that just don't have quite the numbers, but uh, that is definitely not the case with Nigerians. Yeah, no. No, it, I don't remember how many they said were at that show. What's 500? I assume or... there were 80 in the two-year-old class and thought we were never going to get out of that show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was showing in that class. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is so exciting. That is so cool. Yeah, so it was kind of like, it was so exciting to do so well, but then at the same time, it was like sad that our kids weren't with us because we actually left the children home with grandma and grandpa. And so then it was... Like here, this is the girls project and, you know, they did watch us on live stream and they did call to see because my mom's like, oh, what was that you showing that goat that won? And I'm like, yes, mother. Yeah, she's uh, like, is that one of your goats? Uh, the, the first place two-year-old was that? Who were you showing for? And we're like, grandma, that is our goat. <laughs> I love it. The so cool. parents are completely out of it at this point. Yeah, grandma and grandpa. Grandma and grandpa. They they said that um when Aaron and I got together, they said that when we had two-legged children, they were done with the goats. And it truly kind of has been that way. <laughs> Mom and dad don't know who most of our goats are or what we have going um, because they involve themselves with our two-legged children. But that's nice that they, you know, that they can do that too. So that's, that's pretty, that's just amazing. What a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think before we jump more into that story here, let's, let's just kind of reflect on the weekend because it was a big show weekend for everybody talking on this podcast here. So Laura, why don't you kick us off and tell us what's happened or what has been happening at your place? Well, um, I will just say this. Two, two big thoughts came through my head. Um, 
this was my first experience as a show chairman and I was actually a co-chairman. So uh, to do it by myself, I think I would have like, I don't know, but it, I think anytime you do anything with dairy goats on a, on a big show scale, you really do realize it takes a village to make things like that work. And, you know, show secretaries and ring stewards. And um, I'm going to give a big shout out to my three daughters. They, they were amazing. And it's, it's so cool to see that point when you realize that, you know, as a parent, you really are just um, not needed so much anymore. <laughs> My girls <laughs> packed the truck. They unpacked the truck. They got all the animals settled. They took care of chores through the whole weekend. Um, they trimmed the udders. I didn't put on show whites the entire weekend. They showed all the does. Um, they, Reminded me that judges like to have lunch and that, hey, mom, you might go see if the judges would like you to go get something for lunch for them. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll quit doing what I'm doing and do that. Poor judges, you know, um, <laughs> it was it was just great. So, you know, a, a big thank you to my girls and then like to everybody else. I mean, the people who just step up and say, what can I do? Can I can I be your ring steward for you? Um, I, you know, it just. It's fun to see that. And this show, it, it was just awesome. We had, we ran two rings on Saturday and it was a junior does and senior does in both rings and a specialty in each ring also. So, you know, specialties also take quite a bit of time because you've got all the pictures and the group classes and stuff. And um, I think like all said and done, counting the, the animals that went through both rings, there are over 900 goats that, that got judged between those two judges. Um, and then on Sunday we did combined sanctions on Sunday and um, there were 240 some goats in each ring on Sunday. So it was, it was a long weekend and those judges, you know, it was just amazing to me. All four of those judges had a smile on their face. They were courteous and kind and um, maybe didn't have quite that, you know, jump in their step by the end of the day, but they were still smiling. So hats off to all of you judges who do this weekend and week out. Um, it's a long day and probably you don't get paid nearly enough to do it. So that's, that was kind of the big deal. That was kind of the big deal for our day. Sold some more kids and, um, you know, had, had a little bit of tragedy on our farm. We had a, a dog that I'm not sure if the dog got into the pen of kids, but it certainly scared them enough that we had some kids that, um, tried to go through a fence and didn't have a good outcome with that. So, you know, it's good and bad come with it, but that is my, that is my week in a nutshell. So Cameron, you were on the judging end of things. Yeah. So I've been, I was back to back West coast trips, um, four hour plane rides with screaming children, um, kicking your seat are not my friend, um, but nonetheless, uh, still a tremendous opportunity to see some wonderful goats in the Pacific Northwest uh, Memorial Day weekend. And then the previous weekend was in California judging and judging in Northern California and seeing some very nice goats out there. So um, been on the road judging, but happy to say that um, I've I'm, I have no more flying judging trips anymore the whole rest of the year, which. Uh, is really nice. Knock on wood, um, something might come up, but um, nonetheless, I'm I'm done flying for a little bit there. We did some sorting of goats on our place for the national show. Um, was able to look at my goats for the first time here in a couple weeks, uh, kind of see where they were, gauge where they were, 
um, and and just kind of figure out what's going to nationals, what's not. Can we continue to trim as well here? Um, the goats got out and destroyed their very expensive grain now, uh, like they'd like to do as well. So that was fun to deal with uh, when I got back. Um, and then uh, lots of national show planning. Um, we um, found our intern. We got our hotel booked. Um, so we are um, gearing up and ready to go for the Edgar National Show here in, in 2022, which is coming right right down the pipeline. So um, that's that's all I got on my place. Aaron, Megan, what happened to what's going on with you guys? Well, I just got back a couple hours ago from judging in Idaho. I was judging the Singa um, show in Boise, and um, that was a fun show. It's a show I used to go to when I lived in Wyoming when I was first in Goats, and so it was great to go back and see everyone still there. Like the the who manages the show are the same people. It was great to see everyone, and we had really good numbers. Um, yesterday was the day I was judging, and I think I had three hundred and forty nine goats there. Um, it was fun, but I hadn't judged for a while. It's been three years since I've taken a contract with my job and with the kids. So um, it jumping into a show, um, I, I wasn't a, I, I wasn't really prepared um, for um, the length of the day, but it was good. It was great goats and great people. And and so we also have made, uh, well, we've, we're making another cut in our herd to reduce our numbers. That's the other thing that we've been doing the last week or so. We um, need to get down. Our chores are taking us, like we always look at how long our, is chores taking for two people. So um, in the mornings, it's three hours um, for both of us out there working. And then at night, the kids are out there helping. It's about two hours. Um, and that's a lot of time to be out in the barn. So we need to cut that down, especially when I was gone, then Megan had to do all of it on her own. So um, we've been working on that and I'm going to 4-H meetings for our oldest and um, Megan's active in the school PTO and just all the school events and then managing both of our jobs. And so that's what we've been doing. That's a lot. And how old are your girls now? Um, Bentley is turning 12 in a couple weeks and then Tegan is seven. Wow. That is a busy age. Yeah. yeah, and, they're yeah. Both in school, and so we took animals to the petting zoo at school. Well, it was career day. And so we took the goats in there and they were a big hit. Um, but that was on Friday all day. In addition to Aaron getting ready to fly out. And he's like, why do we do this? And I'm like, cause the kids love it. <laughs> <laughs> The, these are the memories that you'll look back on and say, you remember when we did that? And the kids will be like, yeah, man, I had the coolest folks. This is just wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, just for sake of time and quality here, I'm, we're going to move on. We're going to skip our Adkin news here. Just there's some stuff there, but um, biggest thing, I guess we're going to talk about is national show entries are now open. Um, but we'll talk about that here as we talk about kind of the topic as well here today. But, I guess that's the biggest thing in that good news. And of course there's always fires on Facebook, but we try not to look at those, right? Everybody. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just let them burn. It's it's yeah. Let that go. Yeah. Do you realize that there's 25 days until a national show? Stop. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard reality. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I know that, and it's we're starting to think about those things, and it's crazy. Um, and we just had a conversation with my dad. We talked to him the whole way up here. He was picking up a he was doing a a, a what is it a one for one where you pick up one goat but you sell one goat, so it's really a net transaction of zero type thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was doing that, but we were talking with him back and forth on the way up and the way back. Um, and he just kept reminding us how close the national show is. Uh, and I just gave me the Sunday scaries on a Monday. So that's what you want to say. Just shut up. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's coming here. But um, Aaron, Megan, we're excited to have you on to talk about traveling across the country with um, four legged kids and milking does and, um, you know, kind of what your plan is. I mean, you guys had a very successful long haul last year. Um, and we hope to see that uh, so our listeners can learn about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's most of our um, hauls to nationals are several days. Um, I think the closest is, well, it's been when it's been in Oregon, that's a day drive. Um, and then, but when it's even when it's been in Colorado, that's two and a half days for us. Um, and so most of our trips when we do travel cross country are three to four days. Um, Harrisburg is at least a five day trip. Um, and so it takes a lot of planning. We plan, plan, plan. Um, the biggest thing is trying to figure out the best route you're going to go on, how many miles you can travel in a day, where you're going to stop to milk, where you're going to stop at night. Um, and so that, that takes a lot of planning. Um, last year we went, we did, um, some Google, um, Aaron did Google docs, um, so that we could have all of our notes easily accessible, you know, from our phones or, um, we could print them. And so that's kind of how we, kind of plan the trip. Um, we getting out of California and across Nevada is our hardest part because there aren't a lot of places to stay. So you either have to have a short day, your first day or a super long day. Um, but ideally we like to be able to travel, um, around 550 miles a day. Um, but obviously that's dependent on where we can find places to stay. Right. That, um, and in that 550, that include, um, that doesn't include our stops that we have scheduled. We all, we we're milking three times a day on the road. Um, and so, um, right at, um, when we're on, when we, and we always make sure we stop when the goats get out and be, get on the ground, um, for the evening. That's really important, um, for, for their condition of their feet and stuff that are, we feel that is really important. So to, to really allow them to rest, they need to be off the trailer and being able just to sleep. And uh, we did a trip to uh, Massachusetts uh, back in 2001 um, and the goats never left the trailer. We only took 15 with us. Um, and so we thought, oh, well they can stay. There's plenty of room. But by the time we got there, they were so exhausted um, that they have a quicker recovery time we found if you actually stop at night, let them rest. And it's also better for the humans too, because they're ready to you know get up and get going the next day too. Right. So when you start planning and you start thinking, what, when do you start? Do you start on the return trip from the national show or do you start um, a couple months? Or when do you make that decision that, hey, we as a herd unit are going to go to the Adga National Show? Well, we, we start in, usually it's in um, breeding season, September, October. Well, 
usually after we leave nationals and this last nationals was, you know, we were really excited. <laughs> and so we were talking about already the knit this year's nationals. And so we then start looking at our breeding plans because you look at the national show date and then you know each one of your goats production. So you're going to plan accordingly their breeding um, so that if it actually does come to fruition and you get to go to nationals and everything's in alignment, that you have your goats ready um, at their prime condition. So we'll know like these certain does will need to be, they need to be milking longer in order for them to be at their stage of um, peak stage. These does um, we want to have closer to nationals kid because they peak earlier. So we really start um, before breeding season looking at, is there a possibility of us going to nationals? And if there is, then we need to start planning our breedings accordingly. And then as each month goes along, we start adding more details. Like four months before nationals, we start mapping out the trip. We look at our stops. We start making phone calls to all the fairgrounds because now in the old in, earlier days, you didn't have to um, schedule stops like the fairgrounds were always open. But now that's not the case. And now they also charge um, most of the fairgrounds across the country charge um, a lot steeper fees than donations. And so and then we found this last year, some some of the fairgrounds won't accept dairy goats because of past experience with with um, people not cleaning up after themselves after they leave the fairgrounds. And so we had several fairgrounds deny us stopping. Um, so um, that's really important to find out before you get on the road. <laughs> so we do that about yeah, four you, you really can't just say, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to pull over at this fairgrounds because we're having to look and see it when they're having their county fairs. Um, because, you know, there's several places where we're like, oh, let's stop in this area. Well, their county fair is like three days after we would have been there or a few days um, starting a few days um, before. And so they don't have the facilities. They're getting ready or they've just had all their animals leave. And so we haven't been able to do that. So that, that's a lot of the planning that goes into it is making sure you have those places to stay. That's really unfortunate that... Um some bad apples have ruined that. Yeah, it really is because like one of our favorite places to stay was Rollins, um, Wyoming. And they flat out, well, they told us we could stay there if we wanted to pay, I think it was a $200 deposit. Um, and then we couldn't leave to get our money back until they came and inspected. And so we're like, you know what, it's just not worth trying to, and we're on a tight schedule trying to get in and out of there. Um, so we found a different place to stay and then even we stayed in Evansville, um, Indiana for three days um, this last year. And one of the herds, we saw them come in late at night before the show started. And they pulled out the next morning and they left all of their trash, all their pins bedded. And the fairgrounds officials came and asked us, they're like, do you know who those people were? And we didn't know who they were, but they're like, they're supposed to clean up. And um, so I'm like, well, there's another bad apple. <laughs> oh, gosh bad yeah yeah that's that's really unfortunate there um laura so, yeah go ahead so along with with your planning of what goats you're going to take um have you taken the girls on a long on a long cross-country trip or um at what point if you haven't at what point do you think okay the kids are probably old enough that they might enjoy this experience too 
so we we did take um Colorado has been the furthest national we've gone to with our children. Um, we had both of them in tow. We went to the um, 2019 national and that was in Oregon. So that was just a um, eight or nine hour drive. So that wasn't so bad. Um, but I, I think Bentley's old enough to go now. She, we tried to convince her to go last year. Um, and she told us that she didn't want to work that hard. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> She'd rather do summer school than go on a trip and work that hard. So, so, she so, went to summer school. so instead we recruited our niece who was a college student in um, Laramie, Wyoming. So we, st- that was one of our stops is in Laramie and we picked her up and she went with us the rest of the trip. Right. <laughs> but we usually like, because um, when we did go to, the nationals we have, or even shows we go to, I always make sure um, we have activity tubs um, for the kids so that they know. And we have a kid's area uh, tack pin that we um, have. Um, and it's probably my kindergarten teacher years coming out. But um, we have, you know, like there's all different crafts and different activities. He has and a different tub different- for every day of the week for activities. Oh, <laughs> Can I be your kid? I think yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> and so all the kids kind of come to our tack pens because it's activity day. <laughs> yeah. So there's an activity that can, just open activity out and it's a set worth kids tables and chairs and a craft or some type of activity. And, and when we go to day shows, we do that too, um, to keep the kids involved. Um, now Bentley's getting old enough where she doesn't need that, but Tegan's still at the age where she needs other things than just goat things um, going on. So. I love that. That is just, that is just such a great idea. <laughs> and it doesn't take up that much space really. Um, and it saves a lot of discipline um, techniques because they're engaged in things you want them engaged in. They're not climbing the bleachers or they're, you know, running one fair they were throwing rocks because we didn't bring the tubs and and they broke a window and so we had to pay for that at the fair so there's just reasons why we have activity tubs because we don't want those other things to happen so for sure i i can think of a lot of times when i wish that other parents had activity tubs i love children but woo, sometimes they're just a little bit much yeah yeah (laughs) So being, I don't want this to sound snooty or, or cocky, but you guys are a big name in the dairy goat industry uh, with all three breeds there. When do you pull the trigger? Obviously, you start planning in, in you know, breeding season. But when do you decide to pull the trigger that, okay, this is, we need to go to the nationals because we, we think we have the goats to be competitive there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, um well, lately it's when, well, like even last nationals, it's um, 24 hours before the entry deadline um, is when you finally make the decision. Um, and one nationals, we, miscalcul- on we miscalculated the deadline and we missed the deadline and we had planned on going. It was uh, um, Madison, Wisconsin. We, uh, we were all set to go enter. I sat down at the computer. Um, and the entry deadline was 5 p.m. Eastern time, not 5 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So wow. we, we missed out. <laughs> And so then we had our sulking for a while. And then we decided that year we rented a um, motorhome and we went on a 
driving adventure with the family and went to Utah. And then Aaron's um, sister and brother-in-law met us from Wyoming and we took the kids with us. And so that was our consolation. And just So you made lemons out of lemonade. Yeah, we, we did. <laughs> yeah. So usually, but usually we know every month it gets closer, we get more excited, and especially once um, the goats start kidding and we really see what we have, um, then we really, usually it's a month um, when the entry, it's right when the entry deadline opens or the entry opens, we start really seriously talking um, about it. And because a month before the show, we really, or actually two months before the show, that we really think is going to happen. A lot of things start, uh, we start setting things in motion. Um, like we limit our show season because we want the goats to be fresh. Um, they might only go out once, not, or maybe not at all until the show. Um, our hoof trimming regiment gets more um, specific. Um, our vaccinations get more critical. Um, we start integrating different supplements Um and we start rescheduling our milk tests. So we'll have our milk tests right before we leave. And then we'll have another one right um, like a week or two, probably two weeks after we get back. So, um, and then our trailer and our, our pickup, we go and get them all serviced, get all the new tires, get the, everything in motion um, two months before. Um, so that's like our big I so answer your question, Karen, probably two months before, if we know it's really looking like this is it, um, we really start getting things in the background geared and then we do the entries. That's the final decision Mm -hmm. is when the entries go in. Gotcha. Well, well, we were, we were kind of talking about that as well. And when is, when is the final entry deadline and Catherine and I were discussing it and it's the day of the final, sh- the first show we're going to. So oh, wow. the question becomes: Is do we do we schedule and enter goats that we think we're going to take, or know that we might you should take based on uttering there? Um, and that kind of leads me to my next question: Is is thinking about that? How do you decide um, whether a goat whether it, all of your goats, and, and this is my professional opinion, are probably good enough to go to the national show. But how do you decide that animal is, one, going to be competitive enough, and two, will be able to withstand that entire trailer ride to the national show? Well, I think, well, one, when we start um, analyzing the goats, we utter them, we show utter them at home, and we have um, friends come over, and the next morning we show them. So all the goats that are on the possibility of going um, get shown um, and that um, we all take turns, you know, being the judge and talking about what we're thinking and what we're seeing um, in our own herd um, at, at each age division um, before. And then if one, if one goat doesn't have a unanimous vote, then we discuss it. And then, it, then they um, possibly won't be going. Um, if, but if we all agree, like um, Megan and her mom and I, if we all three agree, um, then we know that that goat's mm-hmm. going to be on the list to go. And then we start thinking about what that goat needs in order to be successful on the trip. So every goat has its own sort of unique needs um, when we try to address that. Um, so we'll be 
so on the trip, because there's certain ones that are a little more finicky than others. Yeah. And I think too, we, we, we kind of know, you know, all of our goats and who can do well and not do as far as traveling. Um, like, so we have a couple older does this year that we kitted them out in, you know, January, February, because we're like, there's no way they're going to go They're They're getting older. They're not going to, you know, be able to walk after five days on the road. And so we just make that decision early on. Um, I mean, last year there were a couple does we took um, like Nubian ways that we were kind of like questioning whether, okay, do we take them? Do we not? And we're like, yep, we're just going to go with it. And um, you know, then the one that I was going to leave home ended up doing really well. So I'm like, well, thank goodness I brought her. So we, we did kind of take those chances on some. Um, but I, but I think early on you kind of know which ones aren't, but that final walkthrough at home bagged to see what they're going to look like. Um, I feel kids are a whole different bargain. We're analyzing them up until we have to get a health certificate <laughs> because they change so much. Yeah. Like so, almost on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So will you mm-hmm. put multiple kids on a health certificate then maybe backups or other things there? Yeah, we, we, we do. Double. We usually put extras. <laughs> we always will extra. We um, always enter more goats um, to go. Um, yeah. at to the national show and we have more goats on the re- on the health papers be- especially the kids because we really don't um know exact until like <laughs> last year the reserve national champion um junior doe didn't even get on we decided the night before like oh let's take her i mean she was our because we had put all our nigerian kids on the health certificate well, and we, we hadn't shaved any of our kids because they hadn't been anywhere and so then when we're in indiana shaving goats um we shaved her and took her for a walk and Aaron's like oh my gosh i'm so glad we brought her and i'm like i know she's fancy <laughs> So when you said that um, you think about different things that different animals need to be successful, can you go into that a little bit more? I I think it's as far as like how much bloom they have to their udders, um, the weight that they're carrying. Um, Because when you are on the road, the goats will lose five to 10 pounds easily. Um, And so you want to make sure that you have them conditioned correctly. I mean, if you have goats that are a little heavy, you're like, okay, they can afford to lose weight. It's going to be okay. But then if there's others that need to be heavier, then, you know, we'll kind of increase their feed. We'll give them more grain. We'll, you know, give maybe them give them some, some supplements. Um, just trying to gain some weight on them because we know that they're going to lose it on the trip. Um, and also, too, we make sure, um, like Cameron, when you were talking about, you know, you have a show right before entries are due. Um even if we haven't been to a show, we still bag them at home. Like that one last time we want like that utter stretch on them before you hit the road and you're milking three times a day, you want to make sure you maintain that utter capacity. And so we always want to bag them at home and like, just get that capacity out of them that we know we're going to need once we get there. And I feel like for yearlings as well, it's really important because they've never walked around a full utter before. Exactly, exactly. And other things that we do, like there are certain doughs that we know are more um, in the trailer, they're going to start getting stoved up. So we have liniment, you know, like we know that certain goats will need liniment every morning and night and at lunch, they need to be um, rubbed, some need vet wrap, um, just to help 
um, with that because they're so tense in the trailer. Um, even though we've bedded it and we've got it really comfortable for them, they still get really tense. So, and we sort them in groups by, um, we make sure that we start sorting the goats at home by sort of pen mates um, um, that they might not typically be penned with. We start doing that earlier on. So in the trailer, they're all sorted. We have um, compartments in the trailer and it depends on who's with who. And then that determines who's going to get pinned at nationals. So all of those things, I think, is what we were referring to, Laura. That that makes a lot of sense to me and and a, a lot of preparation there. Yeah. Yeah. So logistics of the trip here, you, you said probably about 550 miles a day here. So if you're going across the country and do you generally, obviously it depends on where you're going to stop, but do you say, Hey, I'm going to do a, a, a long day than a short day, or do you do a, this is consistently what we'll do pending fairgrounds or how do you, I guess, what's your approach to that? I think the approach comes from where we know we can stop for fairgrounds. Um, like usually we, although we would like our first day on the road to be a long day, um, it's typically been our shorter days um, because there's a really nice fairgrounds in um, Elko, Nevada. And they, they treat us well. There's usually showers there. Um, and so that is usually where we stop. So it's not quite as far as we want to go. But then the first day on the road is usually one of the hardest because you're, the goats are learning how to milk on the side of the trailer. Um, you're making sure all your supplies are easily accessible. Um, you know, you didn't account for how long it's going to take to stop and get fuel or how often you're going to need to get fuel. Um, so those kinks kind of get worked out that first day um, to where then by day two, you're kind of hitting your stride um, to where you are going those maximum number of miles. Um, our, we always try to find a place to stop um, that's within a couple hours of the final destination um, so that we can allow the animals to rest for a few days and get them shaved and ready to go into the grounds. And so that kind of plays in too on how many miles you have to cover in order to, to meet it. But the, the more miles you go, the more recovery time it is in a day. Right. Right. So we, so 550 is usually our ballpark um, average. Um, and then when we start looking at like in our travel plans, like this fairgrounds is 490 miles and this one is 600 miles, we'll do the 490 miles. So that's what we we try to do when we, we get into the groove of the trip. And usually we have a itinerary for every day, like here's our start day. Here's, we have to be on the road driving at this time. This is where we're stopping, that we're stopping at this time to milk. We're stopping here um, to, um, at the fairgrounds. And so every day we check the itinerary to make sure that we're keeping the pace or if we had a, something happen and we had to slow down, then we adjust it. So it, it's really, everything is like our, um, planned out. So let's, can you talk a little bit about, um, when you stop to milk? So since you're milking three times a day, I'm guessing at least one of those times that you're milking is not at your destination for the day. So what does that look like and what kind of a setup do you have for that? 
So we, well, we do, um, we do have stopping points determined even at the lunch stops. Like we know that this truck stop has a really good back like area that no, usually no one's ever at when we're there. So this would be a good place to stop or this rest stop or this fairgrounds will let us pull in and we call ahead. Um, we make reservations even for those stops to say we just need to stop, unload our goats on lee on on chains. Uh, we have hooks on the trailer that we all the chains go out and all the all the adult goats come out at once. They all one of us will start giving out water with blue light, and the other one starts setting up the milk area. We have a generator. We have our milk um, milk machine right there, assess, accessible. Our grain bucket, all of our our milk stands are um, welded on the side of our trailer, so they just drop down, and we can milk two goats at a time. And we turn the generator on and get water um, and start milking. Mm-hmm. And it um, and we use the same procedures as we do at home in milking, and the goats just come. after the the first milking on the road is crazy because our stand at home is shorter so our goats have to jump a little and they don't like that and then they also don't like that it's just a clip collar not a stanchion like they're used to so they they have to adjust after that first milking but that's what we we have a generator and um if they don't have electricity available um we just turn it on and go usually the first day on the road makes you question why you're doing this <laughs> and whether you're going to continue the path forward yeah. um last year our milk machine actually broke our very first um our midday milking stop it stopped working <laughs> and we were about six hours from home and we're like are we gonna keep on going to kentucky <laughs> yeah. and um we actually um called ahead and um stopped at Hamby Dairy Supply on our way to the national show to go buy a new milk machine. <laughs> hey, that's in my neighborhood. Yeah, that we, well, and it also made sure we stayed really true to our schedule because I did not want to hand milk. I don't remember even how many milkers we I had. I think we I had like 17 or 18. 17 or 18 milkers that you don't want them full if you're hand milking. Um, so you, you want to stop earlier and, and make sure you get up early. Um, we were on the road a lot earlier than we even had planned. I'm like, I don't want to milk them when they get bigger, um, bigger udders. So, um, until we got that milk machine, like what day two, three. Yeah. I think it was three days on the road before we got the machine. (laughs) We finally got a milk machine. So you were like, Oh, thank God. Finally. And I, I, we were we were trying to figure out who we could call along the way that we were going to be like driving by their houses where we could just stop and grab their milk machine. <laughs> yeah, and Megan's like, I don't know if we can if we should buy one. I go, I don't care what he charges. We are buying a milk machine. I'm mean, we're, we're just not doing this. So um, you couldn't fun. have chosen a nicer place to stop. I'm sure they were very helpful and happy to oh, happy to do it. Nice. Yeah, they were super helpful. <laughs> super nice. And we really like working with Hamby anyway. And so he was, he worked with us and we got what we needed. And now our, our and it's a lot better machine than we had. So that's even better. So, so for you, I, and I think about the logistics of milking on the side of the road or at a truck stop or whatever there. So if you had to pick three things that you need to get off the trailer uh, what would they be? Three things off the trailer. Well, usually it's our milking supplies. Like, we, like we, a milk stop or something there. Oh, yeah. That, 
Yeah, so so we we pack our trailer to where we can easily grab everything we need. Um, so like in the back of the trailer, we open the door and we pull down all the stack of buckets. And in the stack of buckets is our can of blue light and we have a hose. Um, you open the front door of our um, tack room. room and we have a bucket pack that's all of our milking supplies. So we have the, the water pail that we use and then we have our stainless steel milk bucket. And oh, then we usually cool. use baby wipes and back to chlor um, and that teat dip. And we have our gloves there. So we have all those supplies in bigger and greater quantities packed in the trailer, but that's our easily accessible while we're on the road. Um, and the tie out chains, the tie out chains, <laughs> we couldn't do <laughs> without those. Cause like Aaron said, we get all the goats out on tie outs. Um, we put, fill all the buckets of water so they can drink as much as they want. Um, so and, then, and then the grain we have, um, we have grain packed up in the trailer, but we have a bin um, of grain that we can grab right when we stop um, to be able to give them their grain when we milk them. So when you, um, so when you guys then stop for the night, I'm guessing that you have cots and sleeping bags and you bunk out there and probably hope, hope to find someplace that has showers. Yeah. Showers is a really good thing. We like that. Um, but we have our, our um, tack room. We have a gooseneck. So the, t- um, the gooseneck part, we have a queen uh, mattress in it. Um, so we have the rest of the tack area and then we have a mattress shoved up um, there and that's where we stay. Um, and then we have, we usually get like um, netting for the door so the door can stay open, but the mosquitoes can't get in. Cause that's something we've learned on the trip is once you pass Wyoming, um, you need to have insect spray um, readily available and you need your fans readily available. So every time you stop or when you're staying the night, even for people and goats, the fans are on. So, um, and you get sprayed with insect spray. because <laughs> You don't like our Midwest uh, humidity and the bugs? What? No. no. And it's like, okay, we're just used to sweating now 24 hours a day um, and mosquitoes everywhere. But um, that's usually our Wyoming line is when we thought, okay, here it comes. And then we start that. Then those items are the next items um, that we can grab in the trailer. So we pack like we pack in those types of ways. Sure. That sounds like a well-oiled machine there. Are Do you guys worry about like bug bites on goats? And I, I, I caveat this with a story here is we actually had the opportunity to stay at one of my uncle's pastures and let the goats out on pasture before the Pueblo National Show. Uh, but what happened is they got like bug bite, a whole bunch of bug uh-huh. bites, a whole bunch of them like blew up and, and it was yeah. a very stressful vet check at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, does that happen with you guys? Uh-huh. Yeah, we we spray the goats every night with good repellent because of that. We had one um a doe years ago <laughs> had a big huge white belt and the mosquitoes literally ate her white belt <laughs> but left the rest of her playing. Yeah. And it it was just it, you felt so bad for the goats. Um but yeah, they they're definitely like people, mosquitoes. They like certain <laughs> certain types. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like they like me and not Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds like a good reason for Aaron to chore and you stay. <laughs> you 
stay oh, no, on the good street. No, no, no. Sorry, Aaron. For your guys' fairgrounds, I guess if you had to have like a dream fairgrounds, what would some, be some of the criteria be? Well, um, good pins that aren't like, um, you have to go find the gates somewhere, but they actually are all set up and accessible and clean. That, that would be, um, and then water and power. Yeah. Water close and by. showers yeah, and power <laughs> and yeah. Showers available. That would be. And, and usually by calling ahead to the fairgrounds, you get them to like send somebody down they'll they'll give you the number of like the caretaker so when you're there they'll come and unlock the bathrooms for you um if they know that you're coming um so that is an advantage of calling ahead is being able to have that i mean i know you people can you know stop at truck stops and stuff um, but usually it's hard to find places to park at truck stops that you feel like the animals are safe and not on um you know, the asphalt where it's making it even hotter as they're all in the trailer for you to go inside and take a shower. But I mean, that could be a last resort. I will say a $20 truck stop shower is a very good $20 spent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for the, yes. But, the, but if your goats are getting um, overheated, then that's a, it's, yes. it's, that's an expensive twenty dollars. Yeah, it is. It's a long story. I will tell the listeners at some point eventually. Um, those, but um, it's it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of sketchy sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but thinking about that, there, I guess, have you guys ever traveled with like gates on the side in order to make like makeshift pens or or anything else there? Yeah, and that we always have um, panels. We use the Seidel um, blue, panel. blue panels, and um, that are two pan two sets make a pin. Um, we have those on the side of the trailer, um, just in the event that we need to, um, you know, something goes awry and we need to create a pin to, you know, open the trailer and um, let the goats out. Or um, if you get to a fairgrounds facility that doesn't you know, have what you need. Like even last year we stopped some in Missouri um, and they had a really nice pin that we turned all the milkers loose in, but we had to make our own pin for the babies. Um, and so we pulled off those panels and had a pin up in no time. Um, so we always do that just in case. And all of our, um, across all of our um, doors in the trailer, we also have panels cut, just hog panels um, so that we can open the doors of the trailer and keep the goats in um, if we, you know, get When we stop or... to get gas. And then what, once we get, um, when they start in the temperatures of like 90, anything over probably 94, 95, then we bring out the um, box fan, um, the box fans and the box fan holders. And um, when we stop to get gas or when, whenever we stop the fans um, get hung on those doors and the generator gets turned on um, and the fans start running um, anytime we stop. So you don't run them while you're moving just when you stop places. You don't have like fans inside your trailer. No, yeah, we, we looked at doing that, but to do the wiring for it was going to be way more than we wanted to spend. <laughs> sure. Uh, do you have cameras in your trailer? No. No. 
We probably should, but we haven't got that. Well, I don't know. Do, I sometimes you, I sometimes I think if I had cameras, I'd be spending more time watching that than I probably. Yeah, would that, so. Well, that thought went through my mind. I'm like, maybe I don't think I want to know what the ghosts are doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of like you know, if, if they're if the trailer's not swaying and I don't know that there's a problem, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys? I forgot my question. Oh, your trailer. I want to go back to your trailer here. Did you guys custom build your trailer or was it factory designed or how did you come up out? Cause I'm just imagining this trailer and it sounds immaculate. Uh, no, so it's, so it's we, we, we did have it made um, after trying several different trailers through the years. Um, so when we did finally buy one brand new, we, we did have it kind of custom made um, to fit like we have it double decked, but not the entire thing is double decked. Um, so we we have it pin set up in it. And then we did like a makeshift pin in the front too using the hog panel. And so we have three compartments on the bottom. And then we have, um, but I guess we have three natural, but then we added a fourth one last year because we transported some extra animals. Um, and then on the top, all the babies go on the upper deck, um, but they only get... Um, probably a 10 foot portion of it. Um, because one thing too, we take all of our hand grain that we need on the whole trip. Um, we, I think we had um, one and a half tons of hay on our truck and trailer when we pulled out last year. Yeah, that we, takes we, quite we, a truck for that then. What, well, what? it's a, it's a Dodge 2500 and it did it. With gas, um, <laughs> not diesel and it did it. But um, we try to make sure we have enough hay, all hay, all the food and the animals are getting at home. We have enough to get them through show day. So um, after show day, um, then we purchase other hay to supplement and then feed them out. And then we buy hay there, wherever we're at to get us home. But yeah. when, when we arrive at nationals, we do make sure we, we buy hay that's available there and be able to offer it. But we want to have our staple of what we brought from home um, so that they, we know they have what they like, but a lot of times they like sampling new stuff. Um, but you just never know what type of hay you're going to get for what part of the country the national show is going to be in. Yeah, that is for sure. So do you, you guys buy hay along the way home as well there? No, usually, um, well, like on the way this past year, we did, um, we met some people, the Sturtzes in Nebraska, and I asked them if they could bring us some hay. And so they brought me half a dozen bales of um, their premium alfalfa. Um, I mean, we knew we had enough to get us there, but we were afraid of the quality we were going to find when we got to nationals. And so we're like, well, let's restock what we have fed on the way um, to supplement with. But usually we buy whatever hay is at nationals to refill the trailer going home. Um you know, it, the trip home is, seems to be a lot faster than the trip out. And you're not having to worry about showing uh, on the way home. So um, they don't get as high a quality on the way home. Yeah. Our, and we don't walk them three times a day on the way home. They get it twice a day. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Are you on the way home? Do you guys just kind of have a shotgun mentality? Like, let's just get the heck home. Or are you still planning your stops and using your Google Docs as well for that? It's, no, it's, it's it's a mix because yeah, <laughs> it always depends on like at what time we get out of the national show to start heading home. 
Um, so we have stops in mind because we've kept logs of all the years that we've gone cross country of different places to stay. And so we kind of start pulling those out and kind of get an idea like, okay, we're here at this point. Okay. I think we can make it here tonight. Um, and so we, we do look ahead, but we don't, it's not as structured. We, we know the places that are available and places we can stop, but it's not, okay, we will get to this point. Yeah, we don't make reservations at places. We just know if there's availability and what time do we have to call um, in order to make a reservation that day. You know, we have that information, but we don't actually make official because we, we do go a little f- we go further than yeah. 550 miles. Well, and on the way home too, you you gain an hour each each time zone you're gaining. When on the way to nationals, you're losing an hour, um, and so then on the way home, without having to milk in the middle of the day, you're gaining two hours there. You're gaining an hour for the time zone, so you're usually like two to three hours you've gained than when you were going. So it feels like a really nice trip then, just a lot easier. Yeah, it, it usually, well, it's usually a day shorter on the way home. Oh, sure. Um, I'd like to jump back to something that you'd said earlier. You were talking about um, your last stop before you head into the national show venue, that you like to be there for a couple of days, and that's when you clip. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, that that seems like a unique approach to take. Yeah, we usually, um, we, we want to, especially if our breeds are one of the first steps, on we really make sure that we're about uh, anywhere from two hours or closer to the national show. We find a fairgrounds um, and we try to get there two to three days before the um, entry so that the goats have time to truly just rest and they usually just sleep and hang out. That gives us a time to sort of um, we give them a day to rest and then the next day we start trimming and then we just and then we go and get um, bedding and stuff that we will know that for the first bedding at nationals, we can go to a local feed store in the area we're at and get all of that ready. So when we get to nationals, we'll have everything that we need to start bedding and getting goats bed um, put away. Yeah. I mean, the goats are just, they're so tired when you arrive um, that we really try to just let them rest and relax for that day to just kind of figure out where they are and get their bearings. And then it also, we, we regroup. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, this last year, well, we actually had, um, truck issue. Um, and so our truck went in the shop when we were sitting in Indiana and, um, you know, Aaron went and got, you know, did some grocery shopping and we picked up some supplies that we knew we were going to need going into nationals. And it was just kind of a kickback, relaxing time for us, except for having to shave all the goats. Um, but it, it really allowed us to kind of be a little more refreshed when we, when it was time to drive into nationals and then only being a couple hours away, um, we weren't feeling rushed to try to get in to like be there at 6am or 7am when the um, gates open, um, that we were a little more leisurely because we knew we were only two hours away. I like that idea. Yeah. So being on the road there, what's a typical day look like? When do you start? And I know it's kind of depends. It fluctuates here. When do you decide to get up and go? Um, and then how often, or excuse me, um, what do you do for food and gas? Do you have those pre-planned or, um, I'm very wondering about the food. Yeah. You guys eat a lot of lunch sandwiches. 
Well, we 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 did dis- discover, and we really like DoorDash uh, because when we stopped at fairgrounds, a lot of them had DoorDash option, and we could just order food, and they deliver it to the fairgrounds. So that was a new finding for us that we're super excited about. Revolutionizes the goat show industry. DoorDash. There you go. Yeah, yeah I mean, we we did we do pack a cooler with us that has. Um, and, you know, it has a bunch of snacks in it and like, you know, like yogurt and granola bars and some veggies and dips. And um, and then we have, um, you know, some dry snacks in the truck and all of the drinks with us. Um, but we usually try to combine our stops. Like when we stop to get fuel, um, you know, one person will run in and, you know, get a refill on on drinks if we need it or if there's a certain like snack we want. Um, but usually when we're on the road, we get up about six o'clock in the morning um, we refill all the hay feeders that are inside the trailer. Um, we milk all the animals um, and load them as we're milking, um, clean up our area. We're on the road usually by 730 in the morning. Um, we drive a few hours before we have to stop and get fuel. Um, when we stop, we, you know, we'll eat if we need to use the restroom, check on the goats, offer them water. Um, our afternoon milking is usually between one and two o'clock. Um, we find a good area to unload the animals, get all the goats milked. Um, and then we, um, usually try to stop at night by seven or eight o'clock at night. Um, we want to stop before it gets too dark so that we can get all the animals offloaded, um, and we can get them milked, um, while we still have some daylight, um, and then get the goats settled into their pins or stalls, um, and then we usually get cleaned up, find something to eat and get a good night's rest and then start it all the next day. <laughs> so you had mentioned uh, thinking about things back at home. You had mentioned that your uh, folks are t- caretakers of two legged kids more now than what uh, four legged. Do you have somebody that you can depend on every year then to do your chores back at home and, and keep in touch with you about what's going on there? Or is that, like for me, it's always kind of kind of difficult to find somebody if my, you know, family's not available. So, yeah, we we usually well, we have been lucky every, um, but most of the time, the people we get are like in the four H, um, our four H clubs, and then they get excited about going to shows, and then they not they then they are not our chore help because they're going with us to shows. So um <laughs> yeah. So, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But we we have been lucky to find people um in our community to help um us with our chores. And we do pay pretty well um to, so they can come and, and do chores. We also try to the goats to stay home will go to once a day milking um and they will um so that the chore, the, because most of the people that are doing our chores, they have their own goats to do. Um, And so just keeping, keeping, trying to keep it as simple as possible. We combine pins. We try to You figure, I mean, we're gone from home for two and a half to three weeks when you, you know, are going to Louisville or to Pennsylvania. I mean, that's how long you're gone. And so it's a lot for anybody to do. I always say, I wouldn't want to do my own chores that long by myself. (laughs) And so, so this last time we did, um, we had a lady who came to the farm and she did all the milking. She did the bulk of the chores. And then my parents and the kids um, would come over in the evenings and they did all the watering um, 
and just made sure everything was still, you know, looking okay. If the ghost needed anything. Um, but our, our chore helper, I mean, she, she did a great job and communicated with us if there was anything that happened at home or, Oh, just need to check with you on this. Um, but we do try to scale back so much. I think there were only, um, like seven or eight goats that had to be milked once a day when we were gone last year. So you, so you will take your goats to once a day milking just for ease and convenience of it all. Yes. Right. And then when we get home, they'll go back to twice a day. Um, um, and they'll, they'll pick back up. They won't be at their peak, but they usually pick up a couple pounds and we can still get solid milk test scores and be able to show them and, and stuff at once if they don't make it to the national trip. Do you have any secrets or tips or, the, or you know, industry secrets or, or something here on when they get off the trailer, how to get them back? Because I know from when we do long shows or sit at a fair for a long period of time is it takes some time to get them to bounce back from that. So do you have any tips or tricks for that? Well, on the trip or before we load any goat to the show. And then also when we're coming home, they always, um, we're a big believer of the TDN rocket. Um, they bolus, um, they, every goat gets one that are, is a year or older. Um, when they get on the trailer, when we get off at a show, they get one. And then when we get home from a long trip, they get another one. Um, it seems to just help keep them moving. Um, we also really, um, we push the blue light um, and they really seem to do well. I mean, the last, this last nationals, when we came home, our goats started picking up mid nationals, the ones that weren't, um, that, that went to twice a day, they started, they were actually milking more by the time we got home than they were ever in their lactation. Um, And they didn't have any problems bouncing back at the, but the other one, I think the TDN rocket, keeping that blue light in front of them, keeping salt. Uh, we have the Himalayan salt block that they really like and just letting them stay sort of grouped in their pens that they were at nationals. They seem to, they seem to back bounce back pretty quick. Well, I think he's talking at shows too. Right? Oh yeah. But, but we always bring um, baking soda and um, our loose minerals. We set up those feeders when we're at the show Um, we bring, you know, an assortment of different hay, they get alfalfa, they get oat hay, um, you know, we'll offer them grass hay, um, pretty much anything they want to (laughs) eat to try to get them to bounce back faster. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm looking at this TD, I'm looking at this TDN rocket and it looks very interesting. And I just sent it to my fiance because she's a, (laughs) a a supplement, um, nutrition (laughs) guru or think she is or something like that so um <laughs> yeah we've, we've been using those for years there's only like one or two places online you can buy them okay. um but i mean we use it because we feel like you know i mean you can give the the probias um but by doing the tdn rocket i mean it's just packed full of all these different probiotics and um, nutrients for them and you're giving it in a in a bolus so it's like you're getting more i feel <laughs> packed into them than just giving them um the probias Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So as, as we kind of wrap things up, do you have any fun stories from the road that you want to tell us? Something that just really stands out in your mind is like the scariest thing that happened or the best thing that happened on your trips that you've taken? 
Well, one of the funniest was just this last year, <laughs> our first stop for the night. Um, I, um, or the next morning I was making coffee and um, we bring a, a Keurig coffee pot with us and I plugged it in and made coffee. And I was like, God, this coffee is just terrible. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I use filtered water. He's like, what do you mean filtered water? I said, well, I, I used our RV filter for that I use on the goats. And he's like, you didn't use bottled water? <laughs> I'm like, if the goats drink it, it's good enough for us. Oh, no, it was not good enough for us. <laughs> yeah, she thought that was funny. I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> that was like serious, not having the coffee. You got to have the good coffee. I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the other uh, one of our national show stops, our first show stop, we I think we were going to Kentucky and Megan was flying in. So I was with her mom and dad and we had sonnet. We had one son and dough we're showing and um, and we totally unloaded all the goats. And at that time, Larry and Christine, um, the Nubians would just they would open the door and they would all just run out and stay at the trailer. But the La Manchas, my La Manchas would not stay at the trailer. They would run. So um, we, I always had to grab them and say, don't, we don't ever let them go. But the Sonnen jumped out and went and laid down in a horse stall. And um, we didn't know that. And so we milked everyone, loaded up and pulled out of the fairgrounds and, um, getting on the interstate and Christine's like, did anyone load the sonnet? And I'm like, I didn't see her. And so we <laughs> had to back off the ramp and go back to the fairgrounds and she was sleeping in the milk, in the stall. Oh, so we were poor tired thing. Oh my gosh. And she was like a size of a small horse. She was huge. And I was so we were so scared. That was like the scariest thing. Cause you always are afraid. Are you getting everyone back in, you know, like, you know, roll call or as a teacher, I always made sure you had the list when they're getting on the bus, make sure everyone gets on. Well, we got a little more critical, making sure everyone gets on. So now our protocol is everyone gets on a lead around the trailer. So there is no wondering. Uh, <laughs> that would be, a, that would be a scary experience for sure. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, even though there's so many of us, you know, that travel to nationals and stuff, it's like having somebody on your same route <laughs> that you can say, oh, stop at this fairgrounds and pick up our goat we lost. <laughs> Usually isn't too doable. <laughs> no, it's not. It's scary. My, my final question is, what are your favorite ways to keep yourself entertained while driving? music music um and then we also do our we usually do our breeding plans <laughs> yeah we do our breeding plans and we go through all the different options and um we talk usually it's it, we talk goats <laughs> yeah we talk goats and bloodlines and listen to music this that's our Love it. We even make phone calls too. Have people on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know all of our friends know that we must be going somewhere because they get more calls from us than they ever do all the whole year. Um, <laughs> during that time, so that's what we do. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm glad it's not just me that does that because Laura and I and her daughters yesterday on their way back from the goat show had a, like a four way phone call conversation about the show about the show they had just got back from so i'm glad it's not just me that does that yeah and actually yeah. cameron i don't know if you realize that caroline and i were in my truck 
Elizabeth was in her car and Madeline was in her car. So there, there were a bunch of converging people in there. Your dad jumped in. It was, it was great. It was fun. Yeah, it was, it was, a, we were shaving our dog in the middle of it. Yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> this has been just fascinating. I've learned so much and totally feel like we've just been sitting around in a tech pen chatting. So Thank you guys so much for agreeing to be on our podcast this week. This is awesome. No, thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. Glad we did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, where can the listeners find more information about uh, your guys's herds on the internet, the Facebook, anywhere uh, that you guys can find information? Well, right now I feel like nothing's up to date. Obviously life has been busy, <laughs> um, but so our um, Nigerians are li- little misbehaven. Um, we have a Facebook page for them. Um, also, their website is littlemisbehaven.com. Um, the Nubians are at um, Lakeshore Nubians or lakeshorefarms.com. Um, and then Erin's sole Lamanche, she doesn't have a page. No. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we let the, face, the Facebook and the um, website go for the Lamanche. <laughs> Um, we do have one final question here. Um, Aaron, Megan, are you guys going to the 2022 Ag National Show or has that yet to be decided? Is it June 12th yet? It is not as likely as we had hoped. Uh, like a couple weeks ago, we've had some changes in, in my job and stuff. So we're still on the fence, but it's not as likely as it was before. So we'll see. But might still get surprised. <laughs> yeah, <it's still> my- <laughs> Well, we're leaving it open. We have everything. We, we <laughs> the extra extra day there is what's really getting me on this one. I'm like, four days was a lot. Now five days, and and also two Nubians are day one again. They were the first breed out last year, and they're the first breed out this year. And um, the Nigerians are moved up a couple days, and um, that was nice. The last nationals and Nigerians were the last breed, um, so they had the most recovery time and ultimately they looked the best. <laughs> right. Um, so that, that kind of goes into factor two based on um, what the show schedule. Once that gets set, you kind of start thinking, Hmm, can we make it work? <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again. Uh, we do appreciate it. This was a phenomenal episode and lots of good nuggets, even if you're not going to a national show. Um, so always great to have you guys on and thank you for your time. I, I cannot, and Laura, I think feels the same way. We cannot thank you enough for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Safe travels. If you do get to make it there and uh, um, safe travels to all of our listeners too, wherever you may go, even if it's not a cross country trip. Um, I, I agree. I think that there's some really great ideas in all of this that can help us travel more wherever you're going. Yeah. And listeners, if you like us, uh, um, let us know, write us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, give us some feedback as well. Just this weekend, I was in Washington. I'm um, about four or five people came up to me and asked me if I was Cameron from Goat Gav. And uh, yes, I am. My voice sounds the same judging as it does on the podcast for the most part. So um, thank you. <laughs> Please come up and introduce yourselves if you see us on a goat show, the national show, um, and give us some feedback as well. Be prepared for us to ask you a question on what you think might be a good topic as well. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Have a great week.